A FAM production. Furniture and mattress. FAM.news. I think it's time we get past all of the opinions about how design and technology can enhance wellness in the home. Linda Kafka and Mike Peterson are here with proven scientific underpinnings and a summit with some of the top thinkers around design and health. The Dos Marcos show begins in 60 seconds. Driven entrepreneurs, listen up. It's time to team up with Nationwide Marketing Group, North America's most successful network of independent retailers. You'll gain access to programs and services that level the playing field between you and the national chains. Industry-leading digital marketing, increased buying power, exclusive networking events, and of course, their awesome learning platform. Nationwide Marketing Group is the business partner that helps you get results and stay ahead of the competition. Take the first step today and visit nationwidegroup.org. Do you want more sales in three easy clicks? Yeah. It starts right now at doorcounts.com. With a completely redesigned user interface, gathering data has never been easier. Click number one, your salespeople connect with the customer as they walk through the door. Click two is the outcome. Click three, key performance metrics right there on your phone from anywhere at any time. Now your salespeople can spend their time selling and DoorCounts is going to gather the data you need to make your business better. Start right now at DoorCounts.com. Welcome to the Dos Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn, where mattress and furniture leaders gather to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and take tequila shots. Tequila. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in three, two, one. Mark, did you see Mike Peterson and Linda Kafka, our guest for today? I'll introduce them in a second. But did you see them light up when we talked about I saw some smiles. I, I feel like there might be a story behind. Everybody's they got a tequila excited. shot story, almost everybody. So maybe we get into that. Who knows? <laughs> Everybody's got one. No, no question. Well, guys, we're really excited today because Mike Peterson and Linda Kafka both co-founders of science and design summit and they are in our universe and we love it and, you know kinsley it's funny you and i we claim to you know be you know thought leaders or try to be thought leaders in terms of the sleep ecosystem right so the article we wrote on the fam called store of the future we talk about that so if you are really in the business of helping human beings sleep better then you need to of course talk to them about their mattress their pillows their sheets and then the ecosystem says, think about light, think about temperature, think about stress, think about food, think about music, think about all these things in the ecosystem. One thing though we have not really talked about is the fashion or the design, the aesthetic in the master bedroom. So of course, certain colors mean things, but these guys have taken it to a much different level. Mike and Linda, welcome to the Galaxy's <laughs> Greatest Mattress Excellent. Podcast. Happy How are you guys here? And thank you for your humility. <laughs> you have arrived. Great. You have arrived. Um, yeah, well, when you're a category of one like us, you can be the galaxy's greatest. Uh, although somebody did come along and do a short series of mattress podcasts, and they said they were the universe's greatest. So we'll let them have that temporarily. But we are super happy to have you here. Now, I want to give a quick preview of some of the rich material we're going to get into. Number one, there is science and design. We're going to go back in time 6,000 years ago and talk about nature. 
We're going to help the interior design community understand the health benefits they bring to the home, real health benefits backed in science. We're going to talk about a partnership study done between Google and Johns Hopkins. We're going to talk about a hospital in Singapore, and we're going to talk about biophilia and neuroaesthetics. And these are a lot of big words that not a lot of people in the furniture and mattress industry probably pay attention to very often. Yeah. But we are going to get into it today because whenever I, I saw the Science and Design Summit come across my stream, I reached out to Mike and I said, Mike, whatever you're doing, this sings to my soul because I think there's so much power in design and health and with people staying home more often than, than ever before and people aging and moving into the future in the next chapter in their lives, they don't want to go to nursing homes. They want to be at home. And so I think about the value of home and the value of design and what our industry can do for people. I think about it in relation to sleep, but it goes beyond that. Talk to us about your journey in bringing the world, the science and design summit and how this all got started. You know, and thank you, Mark and, and Mark, I, I appreciate being here. You know, for me, it started um, uh, six years ago. Uh, I was a publisher of a magazine and I was having lunch with uh, an architect in Denver. His name's Don Ruggles. Uh, and I'm sitting there, I'm trying to sell him a page of advertising and, and all Don wanted to do was talk about beauty, nature and design and how they actually improve health. And, you know, for the first 15 minutes, it, <clears throat> it was going right over my head. Uh, but if, ultimately the a light went on and then it shined brighter and brighter. And I'm realizing, wait a minute, the world of architecture is studying how, um, beautiful architecture actually makes us feel good. It, it calms us, it reassures us. And it's a subject that needed to be brought to the world of home furnishings and design. And so I started studying um, and learning. Don went on to write a great book called Beauty, Neuroscience and Architecture, which really uh, kicked me in the butt and said, Mike, you got to do something with this. And so for the last five or six years, I've been speaking on the subject of how what we do in our industry we're already doing it. We're creating aesthetic experiences. And what that does is improve health. And we can document it now. That's the other nice thing. We can document it from multiple institutions. So that that's the journey for me. It's been about six years. And it, for me, it's just beginning. And Linda, how did you get connected to this world? You and Mike are old friends, a shared passion. How did this all evolve? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I actually come from um, the industry running a design center in Toronto, Canada, but I actually took a different approach um, than Mike did. And at the design center, we were educating not just the showroom manufacturers, but also the interior designers on various topics that really supported their business and the industry as a whole. And, and mine actually started, uh, you know, not in the science of design, but it started in aging in place, living in place. Um, back in 2010, when we started looking at how we should improve our residential spaces to really allow for people to live in their home, you know, for as long as they want, a forever home, um, you might want to call it. And, you know, as we talk about the aging in place market, we recognize that a lot of people have progressive conditions and with progressive conditions requires restorative sleep. So I started talking more and more about the sleep sanctuary and the different areas in the home. And it wasn't until actually, and I, this was 2010, it, it took me nine years to meet Mike. <laughs> it was in 2019 and I was at the high point furniture market and I had, you know, gotten as much intel and information from the market. I was getting in the car, or my husband and I were getting in the car to drive back to Toronto, Canada. And I said to him, I said, I, I've got, I, I just don't feel like I've 
I'm, I've done what I'm supposed to do here. I said, I want to go to one more session. And, and it was a design harmony session being held in one of the showrooms at High Point. And I said, I promised him, I said, I won't be very long. I'm just going to go check it out. And, you know, I'll take a few notes and then I'll get the person's contact and I'll leave. Well, you know, I think I was there for two hours and he wasn't, my husband wasn't a happy camper, but I have to tell you, it dramatically changed my life when I met Mike and really had that aha moment that everything, um, regardless of how we design our spaces, all sits underneath the umbrella of wellness. And that wellness um, and health and well-being in the home is really evidence-based design through science. And that's what really just rolled everything out for me. So I actually have to say thank you to Mike for being in the right place at the right time. Thank you to all these these great opportunities. But that's how I got started in this with Mike. And here we are all these years later, um, launching an international uh, summit. And the summits are going to be taking place in 10 different cities starting on April 21st in South Florida. And we can give details on that but I want to get right into some science. Okay, give us okay. some of the science that you're talking about that allows somebody in the design community to go to people and say, here's proof that what we do has this type of impact on your health and wellness. Okay, one good example, uh, I think, an, an easy example to talk about is uh, the we are we, we remember, we need to remember that we are first born from nature that we are nature as humans and, um, and, and, and how important that, is, that nature is in our DNA. And so the Rusk Institute in New York a couple of years ago um, decided that they were going to prescribe for 107 of their cardiac patients. Um, a, they wanted them to spend some time in a nursery and, and not just to walk through the nursery, but to literally have these patients put their hands in the dirt and plant flowers. The result, and they were monitored during the whole time, and the result was the an average decrease in the heart rate of five beats per minute, uh, which amounted to about a six to seven percent decrease in the usage of the heart. Now, that's science uh, and essentially backing up the fact that by exposure to biophilia, exposure to nature, uh, it takes us back to our, our earthly beginnings as a, as a people and connects us with the land. And that's just, that's an easy scientific example. By the way, in Japan, um, they started studying this about 35 years ago. There's something in Japan called Shinrin-yoku um, that, and if you, if you, translate that it means forest bathing and so they actually send patients out into the forest to spend time to calm them to improve their health instead of giving them a bottle of pills now how about that mike i'm laughing if anybody watching the video probably saw me start to smile when you mentioned shinrin yoku because a friend of mine with c3 named mark desjardins uh we're putting uh, putting together something called dream camp and he put in this document, we're going to do some Shinran Yoku. And I'm like, what does that mean? What are we going to be doing? This sounds highly uncomfortable. He's like, no, nature <laughs> bathing. You know, we're going to be mountain biking. And as part of that, you get exposure to yeah. nature, which is what I do um, every, every week, multiple times a week is go out in the forest and mountain bike. Um, and so I, I love that we're able to tap into cultures and societies and communities that have been around thousands of years in our nascent little upstart here in North America is able to look at that and be like, okay, hold on a second. Let's put some science to something that has longevity and not just discount it because it's not a bottle of pills. I love that. And I think 
lots of people are moving that direction. Uh, Linda, what was the aha moment for you? You said you met Mike. Was there a stat or a piece of science that you have kind of held on to and brought forth as an example of, hey, th there are real metrics here? You know, um, I think the aha moment was really combined of a lot of different things. What I was hearing, and I was hearing it from the design community, and often if we listen to our customers, um, they will tell us things that we, we need to pay attention to. And I was hearing from the design centers uh, or from the designers, interior designers, talking a lot about wellness. And I was, and I was you know, it wasn't so much a statistic that because I was, I was, bombarded with the statistics already about the aging population and all of this information. But it was really more about listening to, you know, the different industries and what they were talking to. So if you were talking to interior designers, they were using the well, you know, wellness, well-being. You know, and when I talked to the appliance industry, they were starting to talk about the connected home and the advantages of, of what they were bringing and, and the wellness. And they were relating it more to the foods that they were cooking within the, with those appliances. And we looked at um, the lighting industry and circadian lighting was, was you know, uh, all of a sudden being talked about quite a bit. And you talk to others um, that perhaps were in, in sound, um, integrators, not just from the connected home, but also from the acoustics perspective. So what I was, what was happening for me was as I running a design center and attending all these different events, whether it was in the United States or abroad, I was hearing all this chatter happening around wellness. And they were just, when I saw Mike, it was like, you know, like that mercury, all of those little blobs of mercury coming together. And then there was Mike at the heart of this saying science and design, because not one, not one of these industries mentioned the word science. They kept going back to lighting, to wellness, to health. Like nobody was talking about evidence-based design. And out of the word, out of Mike's mouth came the word, you know, design harmony and science and design. And that's when I had the moment. I realized that's the, that's what's binding all of this together. And that's what took me into this direction. And I haven't turned back and, and it's proven to be extremely well. And as I now take that information to the design community or to the manufacturers or to retailers, they're now also having that aha moment. So that was, that's what it was for me. Not so much a statistic. So Mike, let's, you know, on that note, Mike, you and I were talking, all of us were talking before. Uh, a little bit about the science part and you know the the there was a, a wow moment for me like we we walk into someone else's house and you might go oh that house isn't really decorated all that great but the reality is that we all have a different preference or style in how we decorate and so you might be into a modern look someone else might be into a more traditional look but when they walk into that home, the bedroom, whatever it is, it makes them feel something, right? So there's an intangible to that. Oh, so that's a kind of, like that's not science. But Mike, you were talking to us about Milan and kind of some of the 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 things that happened in the Milan study. And that for me, I'm like, oh wow, like you know, technology catching up to some of the emotion and actually proving out. Uh, some of the ideas and the concepts that you guys are talking about. Can yeah, you tell us a little and, bit and about the Milan, the Milan study, study? It was also a trigger for me. Uh, it really opened my eyes to what technology could do to help our industry, and not just designers. I'm talking about helping furniture retailers, uh, helping manufacturers. Uh, it was Milan Design Week. It was uh, 2019, and uh, Google Technology, um, Johns Hopkins University, and ready-made architecture out of New York got together and created, uh, they actually built three different rooms. Each room had a different aesthetic experience to it. 
And now because of technology, Google was able to put a wearable wristband on all of the attendees. The wristband uh, was capable of measuring uh, all cardio, uh, you know, blood pressure, heart rate, uh, and also uh, the wristband could measure GSR, which is galvanic skin response, which is a measuring measuring of the arousal factor that you that comes off of your skin. So uh, all attendees wore these wristbands, and at the end of the tour, Johns Hopkins was able to read for that attendee which room, which aesthetic experience gave them the most positive cardio and bio reaction. It was fascinating because what it look at what it does for our industry now if we can get our hands on this kind of technology and we put a wristband on a client walking through on a customer walking through a furniture store or a designer um, putting a, a wristband on their client and showing them 50 different images all of a sudden design and furniture design have a roadmap just because of technology that's where we're going and that's what's so exciting about the concept of science in design and i can only imagine the power of putting something like that on a customer a client walking through a store and helping from a merchandising decision-making standpoint you're, you're gonna have somebody that clearly gravitates towards certain products you're gonna know the yeah. amount of time somebody spends on top on products you're gonna understand what their physical responses are that you can't measure as a human being but technology can and all of a sudden now you can make m more informed decisions. You know, a retailer could go back to a manufacturer or supplier product maker and say, hey, um, this is what we're seeing. Time to take another swing at it because whatever you sold us is not working or this is working really well. Let's over index on some of these products. So I love that. And I think even that technology, I think, is going to move beyond a wristband. I think it's going to get into a lot of AI and, um, you know, the usage of, of, of other technology put into that environment that will be non-invasive. Well, let me let me give you one other example then, because I've just learned in the last year and a half about something that 3M has been doing for a couple of years. It's called VAS Technology, V-A-S, Visual Attention Software. And uh, they're actually going to be speaking at some of our summits. Um, and essentially, this software has the capability of predicting where the eye, the brain actually, because the eye is merely a tool of the brain, where the eye will go upon seeing an image. And so you can, what's exciting about this is that if you were to take a picture of your storefront um, and run that image through the VAST software, it would tell you what part of that storefront lights up and is most attractive to the subconscious mind. And, and because 95%, not getting too deep into the weeds here, but 95% of our brain is used for the subconscious mind, uh, only 5% for the conscious. So think of the instant reactions that we've had as a species over over millions of years, fight or flight, that kind of thing. It's instantaneous. And so when you walk up to a storefront and you have an immediate reaction, and that's what this vast technology can actually uh, provide for you. It's let's keep going with that. For, let's keep going with mm -hmm. that for a minute, Mike, because you talk about history and nature and science. And I remember you, you said something to the effect of 6000 years ago, science was nature-based. You had tree canopies in the natural environment. And one of the directions you want to encourage people to look and to study is history, is our evolutionary psychology, is the tree canopies of old. Take us into that. What does that mean? Help us understand it. 
All right. <clears throat> the one of the best sources for this is Susan McSamon. She's the executive director of the International Arts and Mind Lab at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. She's got a few more words in her title too, but I just don't remember them all. She and and she talks about how um, it, uh, aesthetic experiences are hardwired in in our DNA. They're encoded in our DNA because over the 3.6 billion years of our evolutionary um, uh, inheritance, uh, we can't, we just can't deny the fact that we are the sum and the aggregate of what we have been over those billions of years. And we forget that today because we're building buildings, we're getting involved in sales promotions, we're doing all the things that are frankly unnatural to us as a people. But if we remember, if we go back to the fact that 6,000 years ago, there were no buildings, there were not, there weren't even communities. You know, we were just individuals and our source of inspiration was the land around us and all the images that we saw. Yes, the tree canopies, the the riverbed, um, all of those things are in our DNA right now. And every one of the viewers or listeners that, to this this podcast is that all of that is in their DNA as well. So that's what we have to remember. And that's the what we have to market to that type of person. Linda, bring it home for us. Take us into the bedroom. Take, so can you guys tell us I want a to go into bit. the bedroom okay, I mean, here. Sorry. I want Linda to take take some of this evolutionary psychology, take some of these findings and this data and these anecdotes um, and the science, the science and design. How do we how do we put this into the bedroom in a way that maybe some people don't understand or that's unexpected? Because I think we pay attention a little bit to light and sound and smell and some of the aesthetics and blackout blinds. We talk about all these different things, but how are you thinking about application within the bedroom and that sleep sanctuary? Well, it's interesting because as we started this conversation, Mark, um, the other Mark, had uh, you know said the same thing. But also, I heard, I think I heard him say that that beauty isn't part of the science, but it actually is, and and you know it's a very important part of um, that why we feel the way we feel. So I want to take it a step back. You, you know, you'll walk into a space and regardless of the style, you'll either feel comfortable in that space with, you know, or you'll feel you'll, you'll be in that fight flight type of mode and want to get out of that space. So, you know, it, it, it really is important to look at how we are designing and from a personalized perspective as opposed to um, a trend perspective or a color of the year. So if color of the year is, you know, gray, I'm just going to throw that out there because it happens to still be in Canada for all these years. Um, you know, designing your space with that, it, it doesn't necessarily lend itself well to to you and and your health and the health benefits that it can deliver. You really have to focus on the individual and that space. But relating it to it, it's all part and parcel of everything. So we're just like we haven't even scratched the surface. Part of science and design talks about biophilic design, biomimicry. We look at lighting. We look at the acoustics in that space. We look at the temperature of that space. It's all evidence-based design. I, I don't want your listeners to think it's only about the look or the shape of, of what's in that space. Now, what I can tell you is, is that your industry is already in this. They just don't, perhaps don't realize it, and they're not marketing themselves as delivering the health benefits that they, they potentially could be. So when you look at smart bed, responsive technology, um, you're all familiar with these, you know, um, you know mattresses and, and products in the bedroom that actually can measure your, you know, diff different biometrics, um, you know, everything from 
helping to alleviate snoring to getting a better rest. It's all there. It's just how you're marketing and presenting it out to the audience. And I think that's what we're the biggest thing that we're really missing is this. When I walk through shows, whether it was a kitchen and bath show in, in at KBIS or the International Building Show, whether I walk through High Point or any of the others, I often see retailers or I should say manufacturers in the showrooms and even retailers will do this too. It's just, it's like, you know, they, they don't talk about the health benefits that that space can provide to that individual. They talk about, you know, we've got the latest styles, latest color, latest trends. We've got, you know, eucalyptus, lavender infused into our mattresses, but it goes beyond that. And so when you're looking at that space, you've got to look at it as not just one element. You've got to look at all of them combined because all of those elements combined actually speak to who we are as human beings. So if you look at the lighting, the, you know, uh, the, 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 the sound in that space, what the, what the mattresses can do for us now, that whole, whole smart bed technology, it's, it's all that together that really makes that place the sleep sanctuary. And what I am finding is, is that designers and some custom home builders are actually um, marketing and branding themselves as creating sleep sanctuaries for their customers or their clients. It's starting to happen out there, but I don't see the retailers or I don't see the manufacturers jumping onto that as quickly as I see the design community. I hope that answers your question because it's not just about one definitive thing that you should do in your space. It's it's multiple things that need to be done. And the, the bedding, the mattress industry plays an extremely big role in this. And, and I, I think it did get into, I think it did get into kind of like the, the clouds, but let's bring it into the dirt a little bit because yeah. I understand what you're saying, you know, a comprehensive evaluation of your sleep sanctuary, for example, or your living room. But whenever you, you're trying to like take these ideas in science and get them applied at the personal level, who's qualified to do that? And, and what science are they, are they able to present to the consumer or the client to help them understand that this is evidence-based? Where are they getting that information? Like if somebody's a designer listening right now, or working in a, in a design-driven environment in a furniture or mattress mm -hmm. store, where do they get the information? How do, how do they apply it? How do they learn Mark, that's exact, that? Mark, that's exactly why, <clears throat> after thinking about this for the last two years, Linda and I are putting together this series of, of seminars and summits around the country, because we will be bringing in um, scholars and academics from Boston Architectural College. We're gonna bring in Don Ruggles, uh, Johns Hopkins University, uh, vast uh, 3M software uh, speakers to help educate those designers to give them the documentation that they need to be, and the words, just merely the words, words. to be able to use with uh, their clients. Uh, if you had used the word neuroaesthetics five years ago, people would have scratched their head and said, what? But that's exactly what is happening. There's a convergence of science and design, neuroscience and aesthetics have become neuroaesthetics, and they're they're already in our industry. That word isn't going anywhere. And designers and furniture retailers need to to study up. They need look, you know, they need to come out to the summits uh, if if they can, if it's at all possible, because we're going to have six different seminars per summit, and um, and these scholars will be helping the audience, the attendees, learn how to use. Uh, the knowledge that that we'll be giving them. I want to add to that. Oh, you know, Mark, I, I earlier, was just Linda, say, I wanted to add to that. You know, 
there are so many sources out there and so much information out there, you know, as a designer, a retailer, a manufacturer, to spend time looking for all of that, I, it just becomes overwhelming with the amount of information. So what we've done is we've really narrowed it down and focused it on, on our segment of what's relevant. Uh, you're not, we're not short of this information. It's, you know, where do you find it? And, and so the other thing, the other challenge too, is this, if you're speaking to somebody that comes from the academia science in, um, sector, they tend to, as Mike always says speak in six syllable six syllable words it becomes very challenging to you know you, you you tend to lose your interest really quickly because you can't quite grasp what they're saying so we're we're acting as a bridge between the science industry and the design industry and you know and really helping to um you know, help establish that lexicon or that vocabulary that we need to be using in this industry and, and sharing these resources uh, so that you can get direct um, evidence-based analytics and information that you can then use. And I just want to say, and Mike, Mike can speak to this more, is take a look at the big retailers and what they're doing, whether it's Google, Etsy, um, Apple, and the, and the oh, dollars yeah. that they've spent in, in the commercial sector and in the, and the retail sector um, and they're and they're basing it all on uh, science and design. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And so, Linda, earlier you you had you had mentioned that design, or my comment that design wasn't part of the science. Um, not not what I meant. It's that's, just not yeah. it's not on our radar, right? And and I think this, yeah. And so I think you're right. It is absolutely part of the science, and it's so great that you guys are bringing that part out here. So to, to Mark's point a minute ago, though, he said, let's, let's bring it into the dirt. Can you talk to us a little bit about the practical application, right? So people are listening to this now and, and like sleep, honestly, we had Dr. Michael Bruce on our show and we're saying, Hey, Michael, grade human beings on their knowledge of sleep, sleep cycles, caffeine, half-life, all these things. Like how much do we know? And he was like, it's an F, you know, people don't get their sleep very well. You know, I bet if we were to grade the industry on their understanding of of neuroaesthetics, it would be an F, right? Like, so there's a big education piece to this. So I love that you're doing the summits, but then can you give us an example of people that are doing something with the science, a practical application in their business where it's actually, you know, bringing them along and helping them achieve a different level of success? Yeah, can um, you talk to us a little uh, bit about that? About a year and a half ago, I did a seminar, <clears throat> um, uh, on this overall subject. And one of the uh, groups that were attending the seminar was a, a design firm in Charlotte. Uh, the design firm is called Clark and Clark Interiors. And they called me a week later and said, look, you know, I love all this knowledge. We instinctively are doing a lot of what you're talking about. And by the way, we find that to be the case uh, a lot. Uh, but they didn't know how to put it together. So they asked me to, if I could help them develop a website, develop a, an ad campaign and et, et cetera. And so they were deep into bi uh, biophilia, uh, using a lot of natural light, using a lot of prospect and refuge uh, concepts that are part of biophilia. And so um, uh, it was about a year ago, we put together a brand new website where they took ownership of the subject. They moved from just dancing around with it and, and, and not knowing that they were specialists in this subject, but they actually took ownership. So we created a new website, new and all new collateral, a new ad campaign that brought in the subject of fractals and uh, biophilic textures, and then showed how they were being used in the design of the home. And so um, that's one example uh, for you. 
one and of the things seeing, I, I mean, love. If, if we if we look at the interior design industry alone, you've got over forty two thousand interior designers that are operating in the United States. You know, in Canada, we look at you know uh, you know how do we niche and and really stand apart in this in the U.S. We call it niches. The riches are in the niches. How are we niching into uh, an area that that is going to set us apart from our competition? And and what we're seeing is designers, interior designers, and I've spoken to them firsthand that they've actually said I attended you know a design harmony presentation by Mike Peterson and it changed my business or you know or they came to my other summit the livable design summit and listened to Don Ruggles or or Ann Sussman or Mike Peterson speaking about this and they they immediately turned their business around only to find out that they ended up um, you know really separating themselves from their competition but increasing their the demand, um, you know, from from business. But here's the here's the other thing too. A lot of these designers are able to charge more for this because this is not something you can go onto Wayfair and buy. This is knowledge that really um, you sets you apart from your from your customers. It, and, and it doesn't matter if you're in retail or if you're uh, interior design. It's knowledge that really sets you apart from the rest. It it puts you on a different level, and we're seeing it happening everywhere. Uh, you know, it's starting to emerge from right across Canada. Designers that are, are jumping onto this. We're seeing you know retailers are starting to you know look at at um, this and and differentiate themselves. And I think that's what um, one of the biggest mo uh, movements that we're seeing in a very short time is is that when people get that the aha, they're they're not just saying, hey, that was great information, putting it off to the side. They're actually acting on it. They're owning it. Um, Mindwell Design is a great example of a designer in Toronto that actually changed up her whole business and mentions the fact that she does circadian lighting. She is a specialist in neuroaesthetics and so on. She's leveraging all of this and all the intel and all the knowledge that she's gained, plus using um, you know, organizations, uh, aligning herself with organizations like John Hopkins and Mayo and all of their, their um, research to validate what she's saying to her clients. And I think that's what's really um, important right now is using that, yeah, aligning I, yourself with that. I, and I think, Linda, this is such a key point. Health and wellness is the most important topic on the planet right now. We talk about it in the sleep space. We talk about connecting the life-changing benefits of the mattress to health and wellness because COVID changed everybody's perspective on the home and on health and wellness, or at least crystallized that or fast-tracked it maybe 10 years into the future. So I love the idea of, of an interior design community that's able to come into a home, something that's become more important than ever, and have evidence to help people understand, this is not just me making something look pretty. There's real credibility behind this. And, and here's the thing I want everybody to, to remember and, and attach themselves to. People want to be taken somewhere. They want mm. to be taken somewhere on a journey and they want a guide that can help them and a guide that has credibility, a guide who's navigated these turbulent waters before. So if you're in the design community or you're in the sleep space, remember you can help them with transformation. And I love whenever you can create transformation that's evidence-based because there are so many opinions out there and there is so much misinformation. So if you develop that playbook and that lexicon and you can Get your team up to speed on how to use that and how to apply it. I think there's huge magic there. And I'm going to uh, just let you kind of give us a rundown real quickly before we wrap up because uh, this has been so much fun that we kept going. But, um, Mike, why don't you take us through uh, real quickly. You're doing 10 summits. The first one is April 21st, 2022 in <clears throat> South Florida. And this is how people can get connected 
to what you're doing and, and really kind of bring this into their own environments. Absolutely. But take us through those summits. Yeah, we, uh, you know, Linda and I are putting together a series of summits around the country. Uh, at, we're starting, it's really a, an international tour of design centers. It starts at the South Florida Design Park in on April 21st in, in Florida. Uh, it then goes to um, Chicago Merchandise Mart um, a week later, then to Atlanta, uh, up to Toronto, out to San Francisco, L.A., um, oh gosh, L.A., and then Boston, and then Minneapolis, the Las Vegas market in July will be there um, with the Science and Design Summit, and we end the year uh, in October in New York. And uh, the way to get in touch with us on this, if you're interested, is uh, uh, you can email me at mike at visionarydm.com uh, or Linda. Linda, what's, what email should we use for you? Um, Linda at livablecanada.com. Livable spelt the American way. So it's Linda at livablecanada.com. Excellent. And, this and is what open, we'll do is we'll Mark, put also important. links in the show notes. So if you go to fam.news and you find this episode, scroll down and it, whether it's uh, on fam.news or social, we'll have links to your uh, website and ways to get in touch with you. Uh, thank you so much for dropping some, some science around design on us today. Super valuable. Can't wait to learn more myself and help our retailers and help our industry apply this in the sleep space, the furniture space and beyond. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. No doubt. You guys keep doing what you're doing. The The knowledge, the information is fantastic. Just a reminder for everyone that was listening to this, that one of the big takeaways for me is what's, it's not just a it's wellness a thing. It's a health thing. Mark said it, uh, Mike and Linda both alluded to it. It's a, it's a, it's a health thing. It's so much bigger than just a pretty looking room. It's something that can impact your life. So again, Mike and Linda, thank you to you guys. If you're listening now, this is a campfire uh, share this episode with people that you might find it interesting and uh, keep bringing your friends to it. Go to where you listen to our show, Spotify, iTunes, and give us a review. We appreciate that. We want to keep growing the fam and you're Thank a you. big part of the fam, Mike and Linda. Congratulations on <laughs> your first mattress podcast and now being Thank part of much. our Thank fam. You. We appreciate you, you guys. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. Is ice. And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce, now, now we, we got, got it by the leader Well you take a spring and you wrap it up right You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back, you don't have to practice It's the best thing to happen to your mattress yeah. Get together to do it like I did Everybody get high if you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone, 
out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Nothing short of genius. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight. We can make you sleep or play all night. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of a comfort core. You can bounce on it. No stopping when the beat gets played back. Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back. Party over here, get invited. Everybody get hybrid. Kitchen is charming when your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment. What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl wanna chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam, cause if that bowling ball don't bounce, you'll be sleeping alone. And if the bed don't react, then you can't get low. We got the type of bounce that won't spill your Merlot. So stick with us and you'll get rewarded. Cause I'm so gentle and I'm so supportive. Is where the magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses.